Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 2, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from recipe ideas to interviews with chefs, producers, purveyors, farmers, and people who just love culinary adventures like myself. So join us here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some yummy food, some laughs, and I welcome you here at my table always. And if you're ready, let's go on a food adventure together starting right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is episode 14, season two. Woo! <laughs> season two. Woo! <laughs> to the podcast. Thanks for being here. If you've been here a while, what am I going to say? Don't take notes. I've taken your notes. Go to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. While you're there, check out my amazing food and product photography. It's what I do professionally. I'm freaking awesome at it. If you need photos, I'm your gal. Uh, Shoot me an email. You've got questions for the podcast. If you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing of any kind, Send us an email, let's go on a food adventure, gmail.com. And of course, tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. All right, you guys, let's do this. Let's go on a food adventure. What a whirlwind of a week it's been. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. April has just flown by. So much action packed things, so many fun things happening in my world. Um, more I'll talk about later in other episodes, but for now, just good things. Good things are happening to your gal over here in this little corner of the world. And, um, I hope good things are happening to you wherever you are in the world listening to this and you can find joy and happiness in even the smallest, littlest thing, whatever that might be. Because trust me, I reframe all day long. I get it. I do. I do. I don't have rainbows and sunshine shooting out of my uh, eyeballs and nose. Um, this is definitely work. I do. I do the work to to perpetuate my happiness, optimism, and joy without question. But enough about me. How are you guys? What's going on in your world? I want to hear it all. If you've got uh, some culinary sleuthing you need, send me an email. I love culinary sleuthing. It's what I'm good at. I know I mentioned it at the top, but hey, keep them coming in. I love, love, love your questions. And we have a ton of fun episodes coming up in uh, the rest of the spring and summer. So you guys are helping shape these episodes with your questions and I truly appreciate it because it helps me learn so much. So let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. Send me those and um, or slide into the DMs at, on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. And um, we need to continue our food adventure in Kenya. So let's dive into this, the part two. So... Without further ado, here is part two of my conversation with one boy from the Farm to Table podcast in Kenya. I'm coming next year. Sold. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about your podcast. You have a fabulous podcast called Farm to Table, right? Yeah. Yep. So let's tell my listeners a little bit about the podcast. Okay. um, So my podcast, Farm to Table podcast, um, I founded it... I like that word, founded. <laughs> uh, I founded it in April last year. And 
the reason why I started it was because I realized there was so much information missing in the when it comes to farming and agriculture because if you go to your podcast app you will find podcasts about everything you know business um entertainment music crime mm-hmm. <laughs> just everything except farming you know and and it came at a time when i kept meeting a lot of people who kept asking me cuz i am a I'm an agronomist by profession. Mm-hmm. So I kept meeting a lot of people who would ask me, oh, how do you go about growing this? Or what do you need to, you know, successfully grow this plant and, and all of that. And I realized that there was, <clears throat> excuse me, a bit of a gap when it came to information regarding that. And also um, a lot of people who do farming, you know, in Kenya, um, farming is, it's, like our largest contributor to the GDP. So a lot of people who do farming are actually not professionals in the field and they end up buying the wrong inputs or you know doing the wrong thing just because they didn't have enough information. And so that's why I started it. And what I speak about is um, farming basically. So initially I started by teaching people, how do you apply inputs like fertilizers to your crops, um, what are the diseases that you need to look out for in your crop, the pests and diseases, all that kind of thing. And then along the way, I realized that there was so much more that was being done by people. So people were coming up with um, technology, you know, softwares to promote, you know, to, to link buyers of food with you know farmers people were using you know all sorts of things like mind-blowing things people are doing out here and so I decided to now start spreading information about that as well Mm. so yeah and just my goal in general is to um, find solutions to make the food systems more sustainable because Mm -hmm. especially in Kenya we have a big challenge when it comes to food security and you know the the whole food value chain mm-hmm. so my my goal was to really find solutions to these things so that's why i founded the podcast that's a little bit about it professionally you're an agronomist <clears throat> what mm-hmm. exactly do, does that mean for anyone who's not so, in in yeah. agriculture yeah so an agronomist is basically a plant scientist, mm. especially for the crops that are, especially for crops, you know, because crops is just generally the plants that are consumed as food. So basically an agronomist is like a vet for plants. Oh, I <laughs> so love really, that. <laughs> okay. So not really because we do do, we not only do we treat plant diseases, like we, we take care of plants, right? Yeah, so loosely a vet for plants, I would say, <laughs> for anyone that needs it broken down further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are you mm. trying to do your best to eradicate diseases within plants as best as you can and find solutions for that? Or is it more just troubleshooting ahead of time and seeing like, like, for example, I was in mm-hmm. Tuscany and we were doing a tour of this organic wine vineyard. And one of the things I noticed was on the vine runs of the the vineyard, 
they have these rose bushes. And I, I said to the owner, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so pretty. Do you have this just for the look? And he said, no, if the roses Mm -hmm. start getting sick, I will be able to then tell what diseases is affecting the rose before it gets to the vines. So I can save the wine crop. So it's stuff like that, which I think is so fascinating. Um, yeah, it's stuff like that. And just, um, basically just how to grow crops in, mm. in, and, and really understanding that from this stage, um, from when they are a seed, when they germinate, this is what they need. And, mm. um, these are the diseases that may affect it. How do you solve these diseases? These are the pests that may affect it. Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, those kinds of things, knowing like, for example, um, a certain plant needs these temperatures while this plant needs different temperatures you know it's actually a whole science (laughs) oh yeah 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 I wish you were my neighbor and you could help me with my garden because my (laughs) god I kill I've killed bamboo my friend it's it's a sad it's a yeah it takes talent to kill bamboo I've killed air plants (laughs) like I didn't know you could kill an air plant I've managed to kill four so um really embarrassed to say this but I've killed a cactus that makes me very happy (laughs) That, no, that makes me very, I appreciate you, you coming down to my level of, of plant mm. killingness and being honest here. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. I love you. Um, so now I know food security is huge worldwide. And one of the mm. big, and you being very close to some countries that are so affected by it, like mm. for example, you, when we were talking beforehand, before this podcast, mm-hmm. you and I were chatting and you were saying a statistic and I could get this wrong. So you're going to have to jump in and correct me. Somalia, mm-hmm. one in every two people go to bed hungry. 50% of the country yeah. goes to bed hungry. Is that correct? Yeah. And a yeah, third correct. of Kenyans go to bed hungry. It's at 25%. So that's a quarter. A quarter of Kenyans go to, that is mm-hmm unbelievably sad knowing the amount of food waste worldwide on top of that so yeah is there anything we can do to help with this I thought about this question a lot and um I really I think what the way that we can all help is to do our part in so for example if you if you're if you're an agronomist like me i can offer my services to ensure mm-hmm. that people are you know doing the best that they can for their food crops if you're uh i mean just do what you can where you are you know mm-hmm. if you're uh if you're a politician you can contribute to the projects that will ensure that people have sufficient food right mm-hmm. so i think there isn't it's it's a very complex problem and especially when you think about the politics that go into yeah you know keeping people hungry you know because of yeah. the whole capitalism and everything but um i think if we all just did our part maybe you know don't don't throw away food you know cook only the food that you need to consume without throwing away food I think that's what we can, that's the best that we can do because it's it's very complex. I don't think any one person can come in and solve the problem. 
Yeah, but uh, and especially for for me in Kenya, what I tell people is, um, maybe try and choose the leaders that will actually, mm. you know, care about ending the problem rather than aggravating the problem for their own benefit. Right. So, yeah. I, I Beautifully said. No, I, I think you said that absolutely beautiully. Um, mm. and we will link in the show notes, any organizations that are near and dear to your heart that people mm-hmm. can maybe donate to, or just bring awareness to. I think what you're mm-hmm. saying, even just acknowledging, um, that there, this is an issue worldwide is a huge thing. Mm. A lot of people are in denial about it. They live in their own little bubble of, you know, of this is what I have. And, and they don't look outside of their bubble very often. I think Mm. that, that just, there's a lot of awareness that we can bring to this. And like you said, choosing politicians that will move the needle in a positive direction versus, you know, perpetuating the problem. Huge, mm. huge. So no, thank you for that. Mm. And like I said, if there's any organizations that you want to send, I will link them in the show notes and we'll, uh, we'll throw some money that way too. Cause Hey, money helps mm-hmm. too, right? When it's yeah, in the right hands help. of the right people. So mm. do you want to answer a few listener questions I got for you? Yes. yes. Let's do it. The answer is yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. Alexandra in the UK writes, I had a friend in university from Kenya and her family had a large tractor company. I was wondering what are the most popular things grown in, Ken- in Kenya commercially? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, commercially, we, we do a lot of maize because uh, maize is largely a staple crop of ours Mm -hmm. yeah corn why why do you guys actually call it corn i I don't understand because you know americans take things (laughs) and they (laughs) bastardize it to make it more it's stupid but it's maize you're right i I really don't know the difference actually I, i always thought that corn was like a different kind of maize Oh, I'm sure it's genetically modified and super shitty here in the U.S. Oh. Unless it's grown in like an organic farm with an heirloom variety, which is now like the well. way that we have to label things to know that they weren't, you know, scientifically teetered with to produce like mm. the amount of sucrose or glucose or whatever from the corn. So, you know, because um. companies will siphon that off. Anyway. It's yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to go on a tangent. We digress. We digress. Okay, maize. <laughs> Big one. Yeah, so we yeah. do a lot of maize. Actually, we we are not able to to grow enough maize for ourselves. So we actually also import maize from neighboring countries like Tanzania and Uganda. We also do grow a lot of sugarcane. Mm. Again, produce some of our sugar that we consume. Um, oh, also we Commercially, we produce a lot of um, flowers for export. So a lot of the flowers in the EU are from Kenya. Yeah, in in Europe. Wow. Yeah. Those are some very fancy flowers that get plane tickets to go around the world. Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. It's huge in Kenya. And they make so much money. Yeah. I don't know. I think you guys, um, I don't know about the US, but I do know that in Europe, they have quite a, a, a large culture when it comes to flowers. Like they, they, they require a lot of flowers. So 
yeah some of the richest people in kenya are actually the people that grow flowers for export and some of the richest people uh in the world are the people who display flowers just for fun that they get to then throw away in a few oh. days you know what i mean yeah. like check that out multi, wow multi i'm sure it's like a multi-billion dollar company the flower industry oh yeah but i bet the field of watching them grow must be just beautiful like if you could drive down beautiful. a road and just see like all of these flower fields oh my gosh yeah it's it's beautiful um mm-hmm. so what in the past i was working um with one of the with the one of the government institutions that regulate the export of flowers and we went to this farm that had just white flowers and just beautiful i mean i was taken aback you know i actually understood why people spend so mm-hmm. much money on them because they're yeah. so beautiful yeah oh and it must have <laughs> smelled so good just like that overwhelming smell of floral flower unless yeah, yeah. too much but yeah oh Oof, heaven amazing. heaven on earth <laughs> jasper mm. from instagram writes i was wondering what typical meals for breakfast lunch and dinner look like for families in kenya does it vary region to region um yeah a bit it varies region to region uh but for breakfast i think it's pretty common we, for most people have if not tea then coffee a com- just gonna um, see you yeah coffee <laughs> coffee coffee maybe half a banana yeah. coffee mm-hmm. More, <laughs> mostly tea most people especially in the rural areas they also do dairy farming like you have your own cow so produce your own milk that you consume in your own home so mostly tea with milk um in the urban areas i think most people probably take black tea just because especially those who can't afford to buy milk because it's so funny because milk is very expensive in this country and we produce so much milk wow <laughs> yeah, like, don't don't get me worked up the milk <laughs> that's the why you don't drink it in your coffee you're like i'm anti-milk harmful. because of the establishment and i'm not drinking <laughs> yeah. it in my coffee totally totally i love that <laughs> yeah but they we produce so much milk and if you if you buy if you buy the milk from a farmer you buy it at a very low price but mm-hmm. if you buy the same milk in a supermarket um in a packet you pay double the price for the same milk so it's like what is going on yeah, yeah but mostly tea um with bread i think uh-huh. a lot of people do consume bread or uh-huh. um sweet potato for those people who are more conscious of their health also bread is some people view bread as a luxury so they prefer to have their own homegrown sweet potatoes or something like that mm. so mostly for breakfast that's it mm-hmm. yeah for lunch mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, it would probably be some of the dishes that we consume normally, which is rice, um, ugali. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, you just probably one of those two mostly. Is lunch guess, a bigger guess, minor? Is okay. Is lunch a bigger meal than dinner, or is dinner no. the biggest meal of the day? Yeah, dinner is the biggest meal okay. of the day because again. You have to remember that unfortunately a lot of people you know they don't actually have access to these food so they probably don't even have breakfast 
I saw this really sad story about kids who only go to school because at school they can have they can a meal. Eat. Yeah. Yeah. So at their homes they don't have any meals. And even when they go to school, it's usually a cup of porridge, maybe yeah. with um cornflour. So mm-hmm. you see, it's not really nutritious anything, it's just starch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it's a really sad state for those that don't have food. Then dinner is probably the biggest meal. Mm. So we'd have yeah, one of our dishes, maybe rice, ugali. There's a food, there's a different kind of food that we have, especially in central Kenya called giveri. It's maize and beans mm. with some maybe vegetables and everything and potatoes. So that's also pretty common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it sounds like and I know uh, this whole podcast episode, I know we're coming, we're talking from a place of privilege, being able to say like, we're eating all of these fun things. We're traveling to these fun places. We're doing all this yeah. stuff when there's so many people out in the world. And I acknowledge that privilege that there's so many people out in the world, out in Kenya, um, in other places that this is not even, they can't, they can't eat breakfast. They can't eat dinner, let alone imagine doing these things so I I totally understand that it's really unfortunate because you see all of these people and sometimes you know they're not you know it's it's easy to be detached when it's like you know you see the things on the news or anything like that but if it's people within your own community you Mm -hmm. you see people within your own community every day who you know they, they they can only afford to maybe buy a few kgs of maize flour and that's all they can be able to have right right and there's yeah. no nutrition in that like no. beyond just filling up your stomach yeah that's yeah really unfortunate it really is unfortunate situation it is um again we will link organizations in the show notes if uh people want to give back Mm. to try to help franco in puglia italy writes ciao i'm from southern italy and i have a lot of friends who love to vacation in the beaches in kenya it seems like a really popular tourist destination do you have any recommendations for anyone who wants to travel to the coast for a vacation now we kind of talked about that already in the beginning but you mentioned that you really can't see it all on that coast in one trip so is there one particular area on the coast that like you're like i will go back to again and again it's my favorite place on the coast to vacation oh you beth you're really putting me on the spot here i am i know i I don't love one okay all right you can pick two do you want to pick two places it's cool okay i'll pick two pick two pick two yeah so the first one is diani um Mm. I, i don't want to say whether it's south coast or north coast um i'm also sure it's somewhere along the coast Mm -hmm. so the good thing about diani is um you see when you google um the coast of kenya some of the images that you see are like the bluest ocean ocean yeah yeah that's diani the ocean Ah. is just magnificent Yeah, and, and also it's not so hot. So it, the temperature is quite good as compared to, you know, coastal areas are often very hot and unbearably hot. Mm-hmm. But Diani is not like that. It's The temperatures are just amazing. Okay, 
I need to go back to that place. Nah. Okay, great. Now okay. Awesome. Now it's all I can think about. Okay, awesome. <laughs> and and then, then the second yeah. place is um Malindi. Mm. Malindi, I think, is in the north coast. I'm not so mm-hmm. sure. Please, Kenyans that will listen to this podcast, please don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> they won't, I promise. <laughs> we'll fact check you later but i'm sure you are yeah so love those two places awesome and what makes yeah, that so like- my lindy's yeah. and and i like uh the, the question was by someone from italy mm-hmm. the thing about Malindi is that there are so many italians there that have settled there ah uh, okay yeah and so apart from the beach uh, you can also enjoy like um amazing italian dishes they have amazing pizzas there's an amazing um nightlife you, you can actually have a social like that especially for the italian listener they love yeah, going out so at many- night my god the italians yeah, will and- party like till oh the night like it's like a visa i know yeah. okay okay <laughs> yeah. awesome so that's my two Okay, I love those two. Can't wait to go with you. Catherine from Instagram writes, when I travel, I try respecting the people, areas, and cultures as much as possible. For someone who has never been to Kenya before, are there customs in the country I should be mindful of? I don't want to offend anyone, and I would love to get to know the culture a little more. Mm, No, not really. Um, We're not very... I think Kenyans are pretty laid back. We're mm-hmm. very laid back because I've been to countries where they're so keen on culture. Like you can stand up in the wrong way. You can, mm-hmm. you know. So apart from the usual things, and not to call, not to, you know, I don't want to offend anyone as well. No. But mm-hmm. um, apart from staring and, you know, just the usual making other people uncomfortable other than that no we we Kenyans were very laid back we don't have much of cultural issues no mm-hmm. okay really. I love that and that's so, maybe if you go to the maybe if you go to specific let's say if you go to a to a religious house you know you have to respect the the way that that religion is practiced and all of that but just normally walking and on the street um shopping in the supermarkets and everything no i i think it's difficult to do something that would offend someone other than maybe staring or being rude to them and all that yeah okay and also do you feel like because a lot of laid-back cultures also um tend to be not as go 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 like so for example if you're in new york city or even in boston Mm -hmm. here and you're waiting in line to get a cup of coffee and say like there's people behind you and you don't Mm -hmm. have your money out and ready to hand to the person there's like this antsiness of like hey yo lady let's go come on let's go you know like (laughs) but when you're in a more laid back area the pace of life is a tiny bit slower. There's a little more ease. Oh. Too. So is it, do you feel like, and I'm sure that varies in, in Nairobi, I'm sure has a little more of a pulse to it that there's probably more oh, antsiness yeah. versus For like if you're on the sure. coast and you're on vacation time, then I feel it's probably more vacation time. Like, but do you yeah, think like if yeah. you're out to eat somewhere, like for example, when you go out to eat in Europe, they're not bringing the check. Mm-hmm. No one's dropping a check. Like you're going to sit there for 
as long as you want hours eating mm-hmm. or not eating anymore and just talking to someone. And then finally, maybe mm-hmm. a waiter might come by and be like, are you ready here? Like, not even, are you ready? Like, what else can I bring you? And you're like, no, no, I'll take the check. But in the U S it's like, you eat, you eat, you eat check, please. Okay. Go. So there's, is it like, you know what I mean? That too? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Um, definitely don't hold up the line in Nairobi. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't. And also like just in, in the, in the more urban areas, I mean, do not hold up the line, even where I live and I don't even live in the capital. I still, it's, it's just rude. I think it's just rude to hold up the line, except, yeah, like you said, on vacation, it's like, yeah, sure, hold up the line. I don't care. Yeah, you're on vacation. <laughs> here to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, but um, so in the coastal area, the pace of things is quite slow. Even the Swahili culture, they're never in a hurry. Mm-hmm. In fact, they they really dislike us people from the cities because we go there and we are in a hurry, you know. Uh-huh. Okay. So I think I get that course, you'll be fine. Um, as far as like the check and everything, no, for us, not really. They're never in a hurry. the The waiters are never in a hurry to bring you the check. They just um. Yeah, you can you can sit for long. I mean, as long as you're not being disruptive or anything, yeah. you can have a good time. They'll bring you the check probably in stages. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so you so you order your drinks fast before you, you before you get your yep. meal. You order your drinks, and you know they'll bring you the the drinks check and then oh, okay. you order your food and they'll bring you the check for the food yeah so especially if you're there for a long time that's what will happen okay but if you're there for a short time they'll probably just bring it to you yeah but most of the time actually I'm trying to think most of the time whenever I hang out to my friends I end up being the one to ask you know like please can we have the bill yeah. yeah so like, I, I guess then if people are out don't be offended if you order your drink and they bring you the bill afterwards you don't have to leave because a lot of times that signals <laughs> like they the waiter wants you to leave right like so you don't have to leave they just want you to settle up oh, no. so you don't and then like you no, can no, order no. more but they just want you to keep settling up with each round of what you're getting basically you actually don't even have to settle with each oh. round of what you're getting okay. yeah just I think they just bring it to sort of keep up with a tab. It. So you know yeah, when you're to yeah. keep a tab. Yeah, okay. yeah. But in most places, that's actually few places. In most places, at the end when you're done, that's when you'll be like, please can we have the, yeah. the check? Yeah. And mm. tipping is tipping a big culture. Cause you know, we come from the US where tipping is you tip everywhere. Is that yeah? You tip in Kenya? I mean, I think that's just now for our generation because I remember one time I went out with my dad and I told him maybe we should tip the guy and he was so against it. He was like, no, we, we paid him for the food. <laughs> but, but whenever I go out with my friends, we do try to tip. And also, again, it, you don't have to tip if you've had bad service. For us, we really tip based off of the service okay so if, if you've been a good waiter we will tip you but if you've not then uh okay you don't have to yeah. yeah yeah here in the u.s um we we tip regardless you tip regardless. and you tip like 20 or 30 percent like because 
Sometimes people are having bad days. They're not just douchebags. And you're like, you know what? You're having a bad day. Here's, here's an extra hundred bucks. Like, we're sorry. No, 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 no. no. There's no way we wouldn't tip you if you, if you didn't give us good service. And then if you gave us good service, actually, there's one time we, Mm. (laughs) we went out with my friends and then we, we paid cash. And there was some change, and the guy just assumed that it was a tip for him, oh, sweet. and he didn't give us back our change. And that was a lot of money. Like the change was a lot of money. <laughs> oh my so god! We just, we just kept on waiting for the change, and then eventually we realized that he thought we tipped him. So I guess that's also something that you may yeah. want to look out for. Okay, <laughs> All right. actually rob you. <laughs> Fair enough. Now that's a good segue into this question. Danny from Instagram writes, I hope this doesn't come off as disrespectful in any way because I truly don't mean it to be, but I've heard mixed things about visiting Nairobi. And there are so many incredible other places in the country to see. We've been thinking about planning a trip to Kenya. Is it worth spending time in Nairobi or is it a place to just use the airport and go to other places? No, Nairobi is amazing. Um, So first of all, um Nairobi is probably the only city the only capital city in the world that has a national park within it we yeah. do have a national park within Nairobi yeah it's cool I, if you can believe it <laughs> yeah yeah so it's there's definitely so much that you can do within Nairobi the the nightlife is amazing like amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're a nightlife person you're definitely going to enjoy Nairobi for the nightlife that being said, I don't think a lot of tourists, you wouldn't want, you wouldn't stay long in Nairobi. You'd probably be there for two, three days, or it would be, you'd go to other places and then you'd conclude your trip in Nairobi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I think. Okay. Yeah, I imagine mm-hmm. it's probably a very, like any major city, an intense place to be where there's a lot of hustle and bustle, a yeah. lot mm-hmm. of traffic, a um, lot of yeah. people. And like any major city, there's good places. There's not so good places. So just be mindful mm. of your surroundings. And like, I remember I went one time to um, Brazil, to Rio de Janeiro, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize my brother lives in Brazil. And I didn't realize that like, there's certain things, even in Rio, looking like a very cosmopolitan city too, that you just have to be mindful of. Like, for example, you would never just leave your phone next to you on the table ever like in in Rio mm-hmm. like it, you always mm-hmm. in like here in the US like we a lot of times you just have your phone out and you just put it down and and whatever and and there oh no 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 because electronics are so expensive people mm-hmm. will just come right by and snap it right off the table and so it's mm-hmm. just being mindful of things like like that you know um and i'm sure same thing in new york boston there's just things you're a little more mindful of when you're in a big city yeah, but um, so in Nairobi, for example, you have to be very careful, especially as a foreigner, you would easily, easily get robbed. So even for me, I wouldn't walk on the streets of Nairobi with my phone out okay. because, yeah, you would definitely get robbed. And it's in all, okay, there's some sections that are more dangerous than others, but I feel like I wouldn't feel comfortable walking anywhere in any section of Nairobi with my phone out oh okay good to know yeah just definitely so don't look at your phone for directions like you get that stuff in your head and then 
You no. <laughs> and like you probably want to not be flashy with your money either. So put your phone in your bag and maybe have your 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 actually don't put on your airpods there <laughs> those will get gone too so maybe earphones yeah, those yeah yeah so maybe earphones so you can listen to the directions but you can but there is um you, you don't need to walk a lot you can always get an uber or whatever yeah it's it's, it's definitely not safe don't leave your things around. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if, if you don't feel comfortable in nairobi um there's so many other places in kenya to visit and uh but definitely check it out and like maybe just stay in the hotel area go to the the national park take a cab yeah or have uh, have a a guy trusted like cab cab guy yeah let me tell you even us kenyans we do not walk in the city unnecessarily okay (laughs) whenever you need to walk in the city you really psych yourself up and you know you really prepare yourself because it's such a hassle so mm. try not to walk around. Okay. I discourage you from walking around. Okay, good to know. Good to yeah. know. And, and, and not just, okay, let me say, um, I'm talking about like the central business district. Yeah. Yeah, you can go maybe to the outskirts. That would be fine. But just be very careful. Mm. There you go. All right, Danny. So worth seeing, but maybe be careful. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> wrapping it up what are you currently making i always ask everyone what are you currently making at home anything yummy you're planning for this weekend we're talking on a friday so is there anything this weekend that you're going to be like "Ooh, i'm going to make blah 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 mm-hmm. or get taken out from blah 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 you going to the swahili restaurant down the street girl come on <laughs> oh i might <laughs> Oof, it's been a rough week yeah. <laughs> I just might. okay <laughs> I but, love it. Um, maybe not this weekend, but um, I make a really good banana bread. So <gasps> that's something that I would make. Yeah, love banana bread. All right. So, how can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? Um. So you can find me. Should it be me or my podcast or both? Uh, let's do your podcast, whatever you want, which do you want? Do you want people to find you on Instagram for both or just your podcast? Just mostly my podcast. All right. So um, how can people um, find your podcast and get and follow you on Instagram? Tell, tell the world. Um, so on Instagram, it's farm to table pod. Actually, I I might just need to check. No, you know, um, I don't use the Instagram no i will tag you in it for sure but i think it's like Mm. farm farm to table pod yeah yeah and there's some underscores to table to underscore table pod Mm -hmm. say it one more time hold on say it one more time okay farm underscore to underscore table pod that's my instagram perfect and then for my for the for the podcast itself you can find it on all podcast platforms so that's spotify apple Podcasts, google podcasts as farm to table pod ke so i think there's another farm to table pod but mine is yours is way better yes (laughs) and way better all right last question if covid wasn't a thing which it's 
pretty much not anymore, but it kind of is. And you had all the money in the world. Where mm-hmm. are you going and what are you eating? Oh, that's so, where am I going? Um, I want to say maybe Paris. <gasps> mm-hmm. And what are you going to eat? Mm-hmm. I think it's just, I wouldn't know what to eat, but I think I'd just sample everything because I think they do have like quite a fancy mm-hmm. cuisine, you know? Totally. <laughs> it, just, it just looks also fancy, especially the pastries. Yeah, I was going to say you would be at a patisserie in a heartbeat, tasting mm, all the yeah. little sweet nugs. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Maybe Paris for the pastries. Awesome. I cannot yeah. thank you enough. Hold on. Uh, Asante? uh, Asante, did I say it right? Correct. Okay, great. (laughs) I cannot Asante enough for you coming on here Mm -hmm. and telling me all about Kenya and our beautiful, we have a beautiful new friendship. I love you to death. You are such a wonderful soul in this, in this world. And I'm so grateful to be friends with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me as well on your podcast. And we should definitely try and collaborate again. Oh, for sure. Or tell yeah. me when you're in Kenya. Yeah. Well, I'm going to see you in Kenya, but then also you're going to, we're going to talk about gardening because uh, even like a home garden, you're coming back on the podcast and we're going to talk about how to save my home garden this spring. For sure. Yes, for sure. Please. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right, my friend, I will see you very soon. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. One boy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast these last two weeks. Our conversation meant so much to me, and I'm so, so happy to share it with all of you. All of One Boy's information and her podcast are linked in the show notes on my website. Head over there for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. Of course, tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at Let's Go on a Food Adventure. And any questions for the podcast, shoot me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. You guys, thanks so much for listening. Truly appreciate you and appreciate you being here. Make some yummy food for each other this weekend. Lead with kindness and I'll see you next Friday. Bye.